distracted by counting the number of passes. This is an awareness test. Uh, welcome to you. If you're visiting, my name's Kieran Carr. So glad that you could join us. I'm on staff here at St. Philip's and we're looking at the cast of Christmas and today we're looking at the shepherds and uh, that's the big idea today. This is an awareness test. Uh, Christmas is an awareness test. Uh, the passage that we're looking at today is an awareness test. Uh, I, I hope you're listening and looking and I hope you'll keep it in front of you uh, open on page 833, uh, the second reading, the Christmas reading that we had today because this is uh, an awareness test. Uh, part of the reason I say that is because of how the passage ends in verse 20 where it talks about the shepherds. It says, the shepherds returned from seeing Jesus, glorifying and praising God for all that they heard. That means that they were listening and all that they had seen. That means that they were looking. And so this is an awareness test. Uh, there's a bit of a pattern that we see in this story. Uh, firstly, the shepherds listen to the angel, is what we see. Secondly, they look to the baby. And then finally, verse 20, they leap for joy. They are praising and glorifying God for all that they had seen and heard. So do you see the pattern? Listen look, then leap for joy. Uh, there's a similar pattern that we see in verse 17. I want you to look at it with me. Verse 17, when the shepherds saw the child lying in the manger, that's look, they made known what had been told them about the child, that's listen. Other translations say they made known, um, they spread the word is literally what it means. They spread the word. And then verse 3, all who heard it, were amazed at what the shepherds told them. Look, listen, leap for joy. So um, you'll see there's a lot of looking and listening in this passage. And the question I want to ask is, well, what is Luke on about? What is Luke trying to get across? The guy who wrote this story, what's he getting at? And there's, there's two things that we're going to look at. I think he's trying to get at as we go through this passage. The first thing is, be careful how you listen. And the second thing is... Be careful how you look. So that's what we're looking at today. Firstly, be careful how you listen. Now, there's a kind of an ongoing theme in our marriage, in my marriage, um, uh, the question of how well I actually listen to Ruth. Sometimes I don't particularly listen that well. So uh, about 10 days ago, uh, I'm at my study. This is a kind of fairly repeated, uh, repetitive scene. I'm at my, in, at my desk in my study and Ruth uh, comes in and she says, Kieran, I'm taking the kids out tonight. I need you to cook dinner and we won't be back until six o'clock. And I'm like, right, got it. Leave it with me. I've got it. Uh, so uh, so uh, comes, time comes around and, um, and, and I, I do what she said. And, and so at 5.15, I, I send her a text message and I, I say to her, uh, uh, Ruth, dinner, I've got it verbatim here, dinner is almost served. It's at 5.15. She texts back straight away, we will be back at 5.45 at the earliest and I had told you 6pm to eat, exclamation mark. I text back, whoops. And then I think, that's right, she did say that she'd be back by 6pm. 
Now, the guys are in the early service said to me, mate, you're putting us to shame. You actually got the dinner ready. Well, I can tell you, I can tell you that uh, I, I've done far worse and far more often. Uh, so I was doing okay. But uh, I think of myself as a good listener. But with the person that I love the most, I sometimes hear, but I don't always listen. And that's a recurring theme. Uh, It's interesting that Jesus, the grown-up Jesus, a few chapters later in the Gospel of Luke, Luke chapter 8, verse 18, he actually says, chapter 8, verse 18, be careful how you listen. Jesus actually says that in Luke chapter 8, verse 18. Be careful how you listen. And what I want you to see in the story today, and thanks to Tim Keller for pointing this out, Uh, is that the shepherds got the message from the angel, but everyone else got the shepherds. I'm going to unpack this with you for a bit, okay? The shepherds got the angel, but everyone else got the shepherds. Verse 18, it says, All who heard the message, that's everyone else, all who heard the message were amazed at what the shepherds had told them. So, If you're in bed tonight, uh, in your room, and a bright shining angel appears to you in your room, are you going to have any trouble listening? Are you going to have any trouble paying attention to the angel? Well, if you're anything like the shepherds, no, right? Verse 9, an angel of of the Lord appeared to them before the shepherds, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. If an angel appears to you in your room or out in the, while you're taking care of the sheep, you're going to have your listening ears on, aren't you? This is an awareness test and you're paying full attention, right? But I want you to know about this Christmas story that outside of Jesus' immediate family, outside of Mary and Joseph, there's only one group of people that gets an angelic appearance. There's only one group of people that gets an angelic invitation to come and see the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's not the rich and the famous. It's not the educated and the informed. It's not the powerful and the beautiful. Who gets the angel? The shepherds. Smelly. Uneducated. Rough around the edges. Social outcasts, religious outcasts, people of naught. The angel get the shepherds. Everyone else gets, sorry, the the shepherds get the angel. And everyone else gets the shepherds. So be careful how you listen. You know, we see this pattern all through the Old Testament scriptures with Moses and Elijah and Isaiah. They get signs and visions and miracles and wonders and thunder and lightning. Think about Moses on Mount Sinai, thunder and lightning. They get all all that and everyone else just gets Moses. Everyone else just gets Isaiah. They say, hey, this is what I saw. This is what God said. The shepherds got the angel and everyone else got the shepherds, stinky, uneducated, riffraff. 
You know, the same is true for us. Because what we get is this. Because they wrote it down, the prophets and Moses, and then the apostles, they they wrote it down. And they wrote it down for us, and 2,000 years later, we have the Gospels, the good news, the message about Jesus. And this is where we need to listen. We need to be careful how we listen. For those of you who have been in church for a while, have you ever noticed that the word evangelism, that's the word that we use for proclaiming the message about the Lord Jesus Christ, the good news about the Lord Jesus Christ. It's called evangelism. Have you ever noticed that the word evangelism has the word angel in it? Do you ever notice that? The the word evangelism has the word angel in it. And so in verse 10, you have an angel appear to the shepherds. Look with me at verse 10, and it says, The angel says, I bring you good news. Stay with me on this. Do you know what the Greek word for good news is? Evangelizo. The angel brings evangelizo. Angel means messenger. Evangelizo means the message, the the good news. And so the whole point of being an angel, if that's your name, messenger, is what? To bring good news. And so if your name literally means messenger and your only job is to bring evangelizo, good news about the Lord Jesus Christ, how would you feel if everyone ended up focusing on you, the angel, and totally ignoring your message, the evangelizo? Like, if you're a postman, what would your kind of KPIs be as a postman? Is it just like, like talking to the people and being friendly? And you come, come back and like, oh yeah, I was friendly, I had a good chat. Did you deliver the message? Oh no. That's kind of a fail, right? Here's the point. We're to focus on the message and not the messenger. Be careful how you listen to the message and be careful about the packaging in which that message comes. For everyone else, it was the shepherds. And for us, it's about as daggy and dumb looking as the shepherds. It's this. So be careful how you listen. Thankfully, we're given a great example of what it looks like to be careful how you listen. And that's in Mary. Look at verse 19. Well, because remember, Mary has had an angel herself in chapter 1. Remember, the angel appears to, to, to Mary. So she's had an angel. So you would think, like, when the shepherds come, smelly, uneducated, riffraff, social outcast, verse 17, and they tell her what they've seen, she'd be like, I don't need to listen to you guys. I, I have the angel. And yet that's not what she does. She prefers the words of the shepherds to the words of the angel. It says, look at verse 19. What did she treasure? It doesn't say she treasured the, the, the angel and the appearance of the angel in chapter 1. Verse 19. Mary treasured all these words, the words of the shepherds. She treasured these words and she pondered them in her heart. That's what she treasured and that's what she pondered. The words of the shepherds. 
What does it look like to treasure something? Uh, The closest thing that my daughters have to treasure is their stash of lollies that we keep up high that they get from all of their parties because one of their parents uh, is sure to not let them eat it all at once and so ensures that it's kept in a stash nice and high. And that's the closest thing that my kids have to treasure. And uh, a few months ago, one of my daughters said to me, Dad, can um, can I have the lollies? I said, no, you can't have the lollies. You've just had a lolly. And she said, no, but Dad, I don't want to eat them. I just want to count them. And so I'm like, "Uh, okay, but as long as you don't eat them. So we get up to the treasure box, if you like, and and she gets them out, and she goes out onto the back deck, and she sits on the couch, and she takes a lolly one by one, counts them, smells them, looks at them, puts them down, one by one, slowly, and she colour codes them all. (laughs) And can I just tell you, the look on her face all the while was pure joy and pure delight. Brothers and sisters, this is what Mary did with the words of the shepherds. She treasured the words of the shepherds. They were a source of great joy and great delight. Psalm 19 says, The word of the Lord is more precious than gold, more more precious than an abundance of pure gold, sweeter than honey are the words of the Lord. That's Mary. She treasured them, and then it says she pondered them in her heart. Now, this word ponder, to ponder them is more arduous and more intellectual, a bit like what my daughter was doing with color-coding all the different lollies. It's taking this truth. Remember, she's pondering the words of the shepherds and saying, well, how does this truth fit in with that truth? And how does that word fit in with this word? Pondering the words. And brothers and sisters in Christ, that, that's what we're to be doing with the Word of God. It's like a piece, different pieces of the puzzle, and we're putting them together arduously, intellectually, putting the pieces together to see how it fits. And that's what Mary did with the words of the shepherds. She treasured them and she pondered them in her heart. So let me ask you, what will that look like for you in 2022? What will it look like for you to treasure the words of the gospel, the good news, and to ponder them in your heart? There are lots of people who use the Bible in One Year app. That's a great way to learn to treasure and to ponder the good news of the gospel in the Lord Jesus Christ. I've heard of another one called Lectio 365 that some people use to meditate, to treasure God's word and to ponder them in their hearts, to think how they fit together. What's that going to look like for you in 2022? I have a guess that the grown man Jesus, when he told the parable of the four soils, that when he got to the last one, he was thinking of mum. 
Let me read you how he concludes Luke chapter 8, the parables of the soils. Jesus, the grown man, I think with mum in mind, says, the seed on good soil stands for those with a good and noble heart. Thanks, mum. The seed on good soil stands for those with a good and noble heart. Mary treasured these words and pondered them in her heart. Who hear God's word, cling to it, and patiently produce a huge harvest. Isn't that what you want for your life? A huge harvest? Don't you want to be fruitful? Don't you want to be productive in your life? Well, here's the key, friends. Those who hear God's word, cling to it, and patiently produce a harvest. And while Jesus is saying it, he's going, thanks, Mark. Thanks for setting such a good example for listening to the shepherds despite the packaging they came in. Be careful how you listen. Be careful how you look. Verse 16 tells us, The shepherds went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. We've heard it so many times that we take it for granted, right? The child lying in the manger. But the the Lutheran pastor, Otto Kretzmann, he says, one of our troubles is that we've romanticised and sentimentalised the stable and the manger. We see them through the warm glow of our comfortable homes, our candles and our well-fed bodies. Perhaps we never quite dared to face up to the fact that a stable is no easy place to have a baby. It was ugly. It was cold, it was dirty, and it was mean in Bethlehem that night. Far, far away, as far away as you could possibly get from the golden streets, the pearly gates, and the chanting of the cherubim and the seraphim, where Jesus came from. The child was lying in a manger. Uh, Christmas is a little bit like that um, reality TV show that I quite enjoyed called Undercover Boss. Did anyone um, watch that TV show, Undercover Boss? It was, it was a pretty cool show. Uh, it was a great concept um, where the CEO of a major, really successful uh, company would disguise himself or herself as, as one of the workers, you know, like five levels down from, from, from where they were, as like um, a janitor or something like that. Um, and, and it was such a great concept for a TV show because the last place you would ever look for the CEO of a really big, successful company is like in the bathroom room cleaning the toilets or behind the counter serving donuts or or kind of out the back somewhere packing boxes. You should check it out. It's a good show. Well, how much more the last place you would look for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords would be in some backwater town with stinky shepherds lying in a manger. So be careful how you look. This Christmas, Helen Keller, you might have heard her name before, she was born uh, deaf and she was born blind and someone once asked her, what is the greatest calamity in the world? She answered, to have eyes and not see. 
Soren Kierkegaard uh, was a Danish philosopher and he has a story to illustrate this point. Be careful how you look. Once upon a time there was a prince who wanted to find a maiden suitable to be his queen. One day while running an errand in the local village for his father, he passed through a poor section. As he glanced out the windows of the carriage, his eyes fell upon a beautiful peasant maiden. Uh, During the ensuing days, he often passed by the young lady and he soon fell in love with her. But he had a problem. How would he seek her hand? He could order her to marry him, but even a prince wants his bride to marry him freely and voluntarily and not through coercion. He could put on his most splendid uniform and drive up to the front door in a carriage drawn by six horses. But if he did this, he would never be certain that the maiden actually loved him for who he was and wasn't just overwhelmed by all the dazzle. The prince came up with another solution. He would give up his kingly robe. He moved into the village, not entering with a crown, but in the garb of a peasant. He lived among the people. He shared their interests and concerns and he even talked their language. Now, I'm not going to tell you how that story ends because the verdict is still out. It depends on how you look. It depends on how you listen. You see, brothers and sisters... You might find that a moving story, but the Christmas story is infinitely more wonderful and infinitely more glorious than that story. When God himself looked at the world that he made, completely torn apart, messed up, broken by sin, looking absolutely nothing like a beautiful maiden, he looked into our mess, he looked into our darkness and our sin, And he put away his crown of gold to take up a crown of thorns. And he removed his royal robes to be stripped naked, humiliated. And he left the angelic cries of the cherubim and the seraphim, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty to hear the sounds of the jeering crowd. Crucify him. Crucify him. See, the glory of Christmas is that Jesus would take off his glory to enter our world and to take on our shame. So be careful how you listen. Be careful how you look. Do you see that this is, as the angel said, good news of great joy for all the people? Christ crucified us because if you do you'll return home like the shepherds in verse 20 praising and glorifying God for all that they had seen and heard so be careful how you listen be careful how you look because this is an awareness test and if you pass the test you'll be filled with praise and glory and amazement just like the shepherds To finish, I've uh, discovered a wonderful Christmas song um, that 
asks some poignant questions. I want to read some of the words to you as we wrap up. It's going to be playing during communion later on in the service as we meet God in the most unlikely place, his body broken and his blood shed. It's called Receive Him. Would we recognize God if he came without gold, without riches, spent his first night on earth with the wanderers and wise men and shepherds? Would we recognize God if he lay in the hay like a poor man, with no appearance of light, no beauty or rank or importance? Would you recognize God if he came and he carried your burden, lived a man on the earth, so that everyone might come to know him. And the response, the chorus, it's just like Mary, just like the shepherds. I will receive him, this king of heaven. Prepare him room within my soul. Love's revelation, the king of glory, come in humble form. Emmanuel is born. Will you receive him today? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the glory of your son and the glory of Christmas. The king of glory come in humble form. Father, the shepherds got an angel, but everyone else got the shepherds, and you've given us the Gospels. You've given us your word. So, Lord, help us to be careful how we listen to it and be careful how we look. Lord, would you make us like Mary by your spirit? What a gift that would be if we were to treasure the words of the shepherds, the word of God. And like her, we were to ponder them in our hearts, put them together. Lord, may you do that for us this Christmas and evermore. In Jesus' name, amen.